I want to soon take your attention towards a sermon series we've been doing at our church for the last eight weeks, and today it's the ninth week. We're starting, we've been starting from the life of Elijah, a life of Elijah and, uh, and, the, and the message that I wanted to bring across uh, the church all through the nine, eight weeks that we did um, is simple that Elijah was a man uh, with a nature just like us, a simple ordinary man who did extraordinary stuff through God, right? And a man ordinary like Elijah, you and me gathered and seated here, God can do extraordinary things through your life if you believe it. Hallelujah. You might think that God, uh, Pastor, I, I don't think I am. Brother, no. You may think what you are, but if God has said something about you, it'll come to pass. Just trust Him. Just believe in Him. And I want to encourage my church today. And today, I have a message that uh, God has put in my heart. And usually, whenever I prepare a sermon, the first person that um, kind of listens, hears, or watches my sermon uh, is Anisha. So today I, I, I mentioned that, hey, um, you know, babe, I'm going to share this to the church. And uh, she reminded me of the message that I preached almost nine years ago. We were newly married, right? And we were in Bangalore, India at that time. We were newly married in Bangalore, India. And this was around the time that I was uh, preparing to leave and move to U.S. And Isha was visiting and I was preaching my last sermon at the church and uh, while I was ministering almost nine years ago, I remind, uh, Anisha reminded me that this is the same scripture. This is the same scriptures, uh, you know, you preach almost nine years ago. And she said something that I actually forgot. She said, almost everybody in the, in, at our church, almost everybody in our church were teared up and crying while you preached this message. Because it, uh, it meant so much uh, at that congregation when I was ministering almost nine years ago. Um, it doesn't matter how many years have passed by, almost for the last 2,000 years, the same scriptures have been preached all over the world, right? It doesn't matter, but I pray that the, this, this word will bring life into somebody's life situation today. Are you with me? So I'm going to go more into like a teaching today, and I want you to follow through. But my title that I want to proclaim today is the mantle of power, the mantle of power. Whatever we do in life, like very specially for ministry, we must make sure that we are standing and we understand your authority. Are you with me, church? The mantle of power, right? You understand your authority when you know who has commissioned you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You understand the value of your authority by knowing who has signed those papers when they have commissioned you to work. It's not me, it's not the bishop, it's not anybody else, but it is Christ Jesus who has commissioned the body of Christ. That's where your authority comes. That's where when you stand in any platform to declare the work and the goodness of God Almighty, you know that I'm being backed by heaven. And if heaven stands with me, it doesn't matter where I am entering. What space I walk into doesn't matter. As long as I know who has commissioned me. It is about the mantle of power. I pray under the sound of my voice today. Leaders will rise up understanding. There is a power that you are operating with. You understand the power. That you are brother sister when you pray demons will tremble. 
You will trample the serpent and the lion. It will not harm you. Why? Because you are operating in the power of the almighty God. And you and me, we have to understand this power enables us to walk into a room that thought something, that believed in something. But as long as you know that the almighty God has commissioned you, it doesn't matter where you walk into the mantle of power. The mantle of power. I want to take your attention real quick into uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. When Paul is writing this and exhorting the church in the Corinthians, uh, to the Corinthians here, he's mentioning though that the kingdom of God is not just in persuasive words, but the words follow with signs and wonders. The words that be are, are, are from the bosom of the Father, which was declared, which brings, uh, uh, you know, healing and signs and what. That's why I want to declare for the kingdom of God is not in words, but in the power. And I pray when you get to minister, when you are preaching, when you are testifying, when you are singing songs, it's not just rambling of those words. It's not just singing those lyrics because it is easier to watch on the screen. No, you are standing in the authority. You've been commissioned by heaven and every word that comes out of your mouth, understand, it will bulldoze everything that stood against. Every wall will come down crashing at the mention of the name of Jesus. That's where you understand your authority. Praise the Lord. It is not just... In words, but in power. Acts 1.8 says, but yea, you, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. How many of you know you have the Holy Ghost in you? Come on, somebody. How many of you believe you have the Holy Ghost in you? Praise the Lord. You're the Holy Spirit in you. And that's why Acts chapter 1.8, when you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit comes in you. And I believe every person seated in this building right now, you cannot accept Lord as Jesus as your personal Savior until the Holy Spirit is in you. And I believe every individual in this room, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Hallelujah. And that is where I want to declare, brother, sister, your words have the, have the power. Your words have the power. Your prayer has the power. When you go through a season of, you know, rejection or something that messed up or some sort of a financial debt or some sort of a relationship issue that you're going through. Can I tell you, stop everything you're doing and declare the words of God. Can I declare when you start praying, God will work his wonder. And I want the church to understand the power of your words. The power of your words, brother, sister, it is the words of God Almighty. And I declare under the sound of my voice today, when you declare the words of God, it is the creative power of the Almighty God. When you speak into nothing, your nothing will change everything that you have been dealing with in this season. When you declare the words of the Almighty God, it has to change. Where are you today? What are you facing today? What are you facing today? Declare the words of God. I want the church to understand the power of the mantle. The power of the mantle. But you shall receive the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. 
to both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost, uttermost part of the earth. I pray witnesses will rise up in this room. It is the power of the mantle, the power of the mantle. I want to take your attention to verse 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19 to and, uh, 20 and 21. Three scriptures that I want to take our attention to us. That's where we're going to camp on for the next couple of minutes as we meditate on God's word from the life of Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 19, 20 and 21. This is how it goes. So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shepard. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair Elijah went up to him and threw his cloak around him Elisha left his oxen and ran after Elijah let me kiss my father and my mother goodbye he said and then I will come with you go back Elijah replied what have I done with you? Verse 21. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to his people. They ate and he set out to follow Elijah and became his servant. As I take your attention to us, the whole three scriptures that I just read out to my church here. Listen. When Elijah is at the brink of dying, he said, God, I don't want to do life anymore. And we looked into that portion just last week. God, I just want to die. He is tired of his life. He just want to commit and, and run away and do nothing. He didn't want to do anything with God. He's filled with pain. He's filled with situations that were come across his life and he don't want to do with it at all. Somebody threatened to kill him and he said, you know what, I just want to die. These people are all against me. I can't do life. But while he was running away, while he was ready to quit his ministry, God said, I'm not done with you, Elijah. I have a task for you. I want you to go and anoint Elisha. I want you to go and anoint Elisha. But as you read through these scriptures here, you see the first scripture that we read from verse 19 says, So Elijah went from there and found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Listen, doing the same old thing every day. It's the same thing he did yesterday. It's the same thing Elisha did last week. It's the same thing he does every season in his life to plow the ground. But one day, as he was continuing to do the chores of his house, one day, as he was continuing to be obedient to the call that was placed in his life, one day, as he was continuing to plow the ground, one day was an unusual day. He decided to show up every day in the mundane activities that he was asked to do. He was called to do. He was placed to do. He was faithful in doing. But one day was a different day that Elijah showed up. And put his mantle on Elisha. One day was different. 
Listen, the first point I want to share here is be faithful in the little things. Be faithful in the little things. It may not be of a big glory. It may not be of a big stardom. It may not be people celebrating and, and, and cheering us. But heaven is watching. Be faithful in the little things. You may not see your miracle instantly but show up to the meeting. You may not see your miracle instantly but make sure that you have a family altar where you're continuing to do what God has asked you to do. Every day he did what God wanted him to do. But one day Elijah stepped into the scene that changed the trajectory of his life. That changed his life forever and I declare under the sound of my voice. Some people in this room will understand the mantle of power was about to fall over your life. One day was different than the life of Elijah. The day that Elijah walked in. But listen, being faithful in the little things notices heaven. Being faithful in the little things. Are you faithful with what God has provided to you? God, I will preach only if I have 500,000 followers. No, brother. With the five people around you, in your family, get ready to minister. Praise the Lord. I will, I will lead worship if only, you know, I'm associated with all this Bethel and Maverick City and all that. No, brother. Be faithful in your living room with your family. God recognizes, God notices, and God honors the little things. Being faithful in the little things. Every day I am plowing with the same oxen, with the same system. I am just doing the same old thing every single day. Every single day. I'm tilling the ground. I'm plowing the ground. I'm ready for the harvest. I'm ready for what God wants to do. But one day, Elijah showed up. And that's the day the mantle of anointing just fell on him. That day was different. Christian, can you come here? Last week I called Matthews and Matthew said, Pastor, please don't call me again. But I will. <laughs> Today is Christian's turn. <laughs> Elisha is working hard. Just work hard. Does he work? He works, right? He's just plowing the ground with the ox. With the cows. <laughs> He's doing the same old thing every single day. Every single day for the last so many years that he is called to do it. His dad forced him to do the work. So he is doing it. His mom said, I will keep doing what you have been asked to do. But one day, one day, Elijah shows up. Just leaves his mantle. Just leaves his mantle on him. Verse 19, so Elijah went from there, found Elisha, son of Shaphat. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen, and he himself was driving the 12th pair. Elijah went up to him, threw his cloak around him. Elijah did not go and ask for permission. Elisha, will you please follow me? This is what I hear from God. I want you to follow me. You see the anointing that Elijah is carrying? 
that bro, if you don't come, you are messing with your life. God, God has asked me to do, I'm just going to do it. He asked me to put the mantle on you because he sees you as the successor of this ministry that God has asked me to do. And the reason why I called a Christian here is because I sense in my spirit that there are young people listening to me. You are not here by accident under my voice. God wants to put a mantle of power over your life that you will witness and be his witnesses in all of Jerusalem, in your Judea, in your Samaria. And I pray under the sound of my voice until the Lord comes back that you are anointed, you are declared, you are set apart and you are called to do his work I pray you realize that as a young family married as a young adult seated here if you're listening to me whenever you get to listen to this message but you are anointed your family's anointed your descendants will be anointed and to take the words and the work of Christ Jesus into the world and Elisha oh you took the mantle away <laughs> and and Elijah just walked around Put the clock around him. I love how it, the scripture, Elisha then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. This is how the Old Testament mantle works, right? So a prophet has a clock or a covering around him. When Elijah put the mantle, how does this work? Okay, this is my graduation gown, by the way. And Elijah, <laughs> you know, took the mantle and put over And Elijah, when he put the mantle, when he put the mantle on um, Elisha, this is what it signifies, right? Whatever was covering me is covering you now. <laughs> listen, listen, y'all. Whatever was covering me thus far, I want to see the spiritual implication of what Elijah is doing that Elisha could leave everything he was doing thus far and understand you've been protected by God of Israel thus far and as long as I carry this mantle with me the Lord is over my side whatever was covering Elijah became the covering for Elisha the mantle through Elijah, God raised the dead. Through Elijah, God did the miraculous, shut the heavens, opened the heavens, did the miraculous through Elijah. Almost 16 miracles have been recorded in the scriptures. But when the anointing and the mantle fell on Elisha, it did not limit to 16 or 17 or 18. It came with a double portion anointing that rested upon the life of Elisha. And almost more than 32 recorded healings and wonders that took place to the ministry I want to declare that signs and wonders will follow the young people of the church and family members when you come across somebody just pray for them just pray for them is that hard to do when you hear somebody is going through sickness and pain is that hard to do just say in the name of Jesus be healed in the name of Jesus be I have heard about testimonies I believe in testimonies, but I'm going to declare your life will be a life of testimony in the name of the mantle of power. Walk in that power. Walk in that power. My gown has no, no power, but the mantle of his anointing. Oh, sets the room upside down, sets the world upside down. You are called for a time such as this. 
But listen, it all happened being faithful in the small things. In the small things. What are the small things that you are asked to do? Where you're placed to do by God. It might be a small work influence. Just right before our service started, I was talking to one of our sisters from our church and she just started working at a place and she went, Pastor, I'm working at this place. But all I come across is the need of people. They come and share with me, can you pray for me? Just been three weeks and I started working. But they all come and ask me, can you pray for me? When I see people, all I know is, all I know, I need to set them free. In their lives. Can I declare on the sound of my voice? Wherever you are, you will see the need of people. Pray for them. Brother Jeff and family are joining us today. I want to pray over your family. I don't know where you are, what you're going through. But in the name of Jesus, we set you free. Because it is for freedom Christ has liberated us. It is for freedom he has combined our forces. It is for freedom the son of God has appeared. And in the name of Jesus, this is what we're going to do as a church. When we see people going through the biggest need in their life, we come around them, we pray for them. And I believe they will be set free. First thing, being faithful in the little things. Thank you. Thank you. I can take the gun. You can take it with you. <laughs> being faithful in the little things. Being faithful in the little things. Can I tell you, even when there is nobody in the building, God just asks me sometimes, I come here and walk around and pray over this place. Why? Just being faithful in the little things. Just being faithful in the little things. People don't notice behind the scenes. But when you are faithful there, he will put you the platform that he has created just for you. Being faithful there. Nobody sees you being faithful in the little things. But God honors that. Second thing that I want to read here is leaders raise leaders. Listen, leaders raise leaders. Elijah wants to die and quit. Raising up somebody is the last thing he wants to do with working with people. It's messy job. He doesn't want to do it. But the calling of God in the life of Elijah was that Elijah, before you die, I want you to raise another leader who will succeed you, who will be the successor of the ministry you have started. Leaders raise leaders. I'm asking my church here today, who are you raising in your circle of influence? Who are you raising in your circle of ministry that you are doing? And I want us to be intentionally be positioned that we find people that we could raise in leadership, in the ministry. And my message, if it's watched by any pastor out there, any leader of any, do not be threatened by anybody who ministers within your church. Give your platform to them so that God will multiply your work through them and never hesitate to open up the platform for people to minister. Leaders raise other leaders. I pray. I pray. The under the leadership of my Mine at Zion Church, leaders will rise up, preachers will rise up, evangelists will rise up, campus pastors will rise up, baptisms will happen, heaven will be plundered, hell will be populated. And I pray God to do God things to the work of people. Leaders raise other leaders. Elijah was not hesitant. When he heard the voice that Elisha must be 
anointed. Elijah wanted to quit his ministry. He wanted to run away. He wanted to quit his ministry and be done with it. Doesn't want to deal with people at all. But he just heard the voice of God. And he said, God, if this is what you want me to do, I will do it at any cost. Elisha succeeded the ministry of Elijah. I pray. I pray. It's a prophetic declaration. I pray leaders will rise up here. Leaders will rise up here. We will change the world upside down. I pray. We will walk out of being mediocre. I pray in the name of Jesus. Leaders will rise up in the name of Jesus. God is going to do it. Leaders. Second thing I want to mention here. Let me go real quick. Is that okay? Five more minutes. I'm going to wind up, okay? Leaders raise leaders. Third thing I want to mention here is the moment Elijah's mantle fell on Elisha, what did Elisha do? What did Elisha do? He didn't ask no questions. He just followed. He just followed Elijah. You don't have to understand fully to obey immediately. Sometimes we're like, God, can, I, can you show me the blueprint of where you're taking me? No. Walk in faith and I'll show you the land that he wants you and your generations to occupy. Sometimes in our natural sense, we want to see the blueprint. We want to see everything. And I love it. I don't want to walk into a place with no structure. You know, it messes up our structure when you walk into a place and ask you to do something that you were not trained to do. But listen, you don't fully have to understand for you to obey. Obedience is the immediate response of what you have heard in that moment. The, moment, the more you delay, you're being disobedient. The more we delay, we're being disobedient. Obedience leads to the blessing of God. And that is why you see, he did not have to fully understand. He had no clue what Elijah was doing. All he said was Elisha's mantle, the clock fall, falling on him. And he just started following. He just following. You don't have to fully understand. For you to obey. Final thing that I want to mention here is. You know I love it when. Let me read verse 21 here. We're going to wind up. Can I have the worship team behind me? It says so Elisha left him. Went back. So in, in verse 20 it says Elisha. Then left his oxen and ran after Elijah. Let me kiss my father. And my mother goodbye he said. And then I will come with you. Go back Elijah said. What have I done with you? Verse 21. So Elisha left him and went back. He took his yoke of oxen and slaughtered them. He burned the plowing equipment to cook the meat and gave it to the people and they eat. Then he set out to follow Elijah, became his servant. God, I don't understand this. You're calling me to follow Elijah. I have a job here. It's pretty stable. It looks good. Harvest season is coming up. I have everything that you have provided and this sounds good. 
I can do what you have asked me to do, but I do want to continue with this. But I love the decision Elisha is making here. He burns his yoke. He slaughters his oxen. And he feeds to his people. And then immediately he follows Elijah. Listen to the fourth thing. Those God uses the most are the ones who hold on to the least. I pray this thought will just sink in. Those God uses the most are the ones who hold on to the least. Lord, I want to minister. I want to serve you. But brother, you might be holding on to some stuff. You might be, I'm, I'm not saying that quit your job today, no. <laughs> but you're holding on to some stuff. Listen. Slaughtering of the oxen, burning of the yoke, signifies the sacrifice Elisha is making. Serving God must be an attitude of sacrifice. Christian life is a life of sacrifice. I love, if you look into the portion, Jesus' disciples were called by Jesus. They were all fishermen and tax collectors and all the other stuff that they were doing. When Jesus was taken up, what did Peter went back doing? What did John went back doing? They gathered up their folded nets. They went back fishing again. I, 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 I would just imagine this. I prefer Peter would have burnt his net down so that he understands the calling placed on his life that even when Jesus is not around, he just asked me to serve him. For Elisha, he took his yoke. He took his cows, his ox. He slaughtered them. He had no turning back now. He decided to follow Elijah who became his mentor. He decided to follow the ministry Elijah was asking him to do. That is why, listen, those God uses the most hold on to the least. What are you holding on to today? What are you holding on to today? Whatever you are holding on to, God cannot use us to the fullest. God cannot use us for the fullest. This, there should be some things that has to be left away. There should be a difference between a child of God and everybody else. There should be a difference. Christian life is about sacrifice. I cannot be like many others. My life is a life of sacrifice. What am I willing to give away for the sake of the gospel? What am I willing to put it on the altar for the sake of the ministry God has placed in my life? What am I willing to give away? My church, I want to ask you today, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to put it on the altar? Your old ways and ambitions and things that the enemy wants to use you 
today, God wants to use you. God wants to use your life. Use your family. What are those things we are holding on to that derails the purpose of God through us? Listen, final thing. Elisha shows us that to step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. Elisha's ministry shows to in order to step towards your destiny, you have to step away from your security. Elisha's ministry, the mantle.